What's going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome one here for you today. It is a long one. It's our longest podcast ever, but that is because we are building a bracket from scratch. We are going through every single game, giving our thoughts, giving our picks, helping you break down this, and hopefully making some good selections yourself. So this is going to be a great one if you're a basketball head, college basketball fan, or a fan of March Madness. This is a lot of great, great information. We have our new senior college basketball analyst, Dante on. He's also been a co-host, but he's gotten a promotion recently. So He's now our senior college basketball analyst. It's an absolutely great one. I think you're really going to love this one. So thank you for your continued support, and let's go. And a one, two, three. And Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is March 14th, and we are finally here. The day has arrived. The break it, bracket breakdown presented by Trophy Kids. Bad News Media Store, which is a new addition to the Trophy Kids family. Uh, if you're looking to get some merch, I've got a nice little water bottle here today. We've got sweatshirts. we got city gear. we got everything. Check out Bad News Media Store. We've got it all. We're going to be bringing new cities and new merch throughout the year, so make sure you're checking that out. But more importantly, we have the return of our now senior college <laughs> basketball analyst and co-host, Dante. How are we doing today? Good, sir. I am ecstatic about my promotion. Um, <laughs> Big things happen. Sure, I won't let it go to my head. Um, what did I do to become senior basketball, college basketball analyst? Nothing. But, no. <laughs> Be an expert in Big Ten basketball <laughs> to start. You no, are a no, go-to, no. which is going to be helpful for this episode. Right? No, no, no. I, I did. I consumed a lot of college basketball. So, kids, if you just watch a lot of college basketball, you too can one day be a senior college basketball analyst. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes these days. <laughs> Uh, I'm very excited. It's it's one of my favorite times of year. Um, I was a little nervous because I do have a wedding on Friday. My cousin's getting married on St. Patrick's Day. Her met, she met her fiance at a bar crawl in Boston on St. Patrick's Day years ago. Shout out Mike and Jill getting married on Friday. We'll be there for the wedding. But I had a bit of a panic because I saw Xavier get slotted for a Friday game. And I was like, oh, God, when is this? When is this? Please be the noon game. Please be the noon game. We get the 1 o'clock tip-off or 1240 tip-off, so... We're good there. We're, we got we're safe. the noon game, didn't we? I think Michigan State did as well, which we're going to talk about. The way we're going to do it, folks, is we're going to break down the entire bracket. We're going to build a bracket today for you, talk about every game. Some games will hit on quickly. Some games will be a longer breakdown. But I think the first starting point, which is really, I think they did a generally good idea, good job creating this bracket. I have a couple. I could have seen the seed go a different way or two. But the biggest, I think, snub and the biggest issue I have is, is Rutgers getting left out. And I have it for this one reason. The nerds took over basketball years ago, and they instituted all these analytics and these things like the net ranking, which apparently mean nothing because the net-wise, Rutgers is 40th. They beat a team yeah. like Purdue, who was one of the four seeds. They have great quad one wins, really solid quad two wins, playing a very competitive basketball conference. And yet teams like Pitt, with a net ranking of 67th, and Arizona State with a ranking of 66 got in. So please make that make sense to me. How the net ranking can matter, but it also doesn't because there's a team 20-plus spots in front of other teams that made it, but they're left out. How does that make sense? It doesn't. I saw that it was the soft strength of schedule. Because remember that the net is just one part of the committee's um, judgment criteria. Um, so that they had a soft strength, strength of schedule and bad quad three losses, two, I believe, um, which helped make the decision to leave them out. But with that said, 
I and many other analysts out there, I thought Rutgers were solidly in the field, not even a play-in game, like just uh, at-large bid at like a nine, you know, a nine or 10 seed maybe. Not, out, no, how many teams have beat Purdue at Mackey? Yeah. Like yeah, one so. of the teams that the committee thinks is one of the four, which correctly is one of the four best teams heading into this tournament. I mean, they also beat, correct me if I'm wrong, Michigan in the Big Ten tournament by 12 or 13, 14, something like that. Like double digits wins against Michigan. I thought that was going to be the final stamp to get in because Michigan State on the neutral site. Yep. They have great wins. Penn State showed out really good well. They, they beat Penn State, which if you're asking me, but Rutgers should be in over Penn State. Yep. I mean, the Minnesota loss did hurt them. Like, that, yes, that, that sucked. But, like, they got good wins on their resume. Yeah, for them not to be at least in the first four, like you said, over a pit, over a Arizona State, who was literally only there because they hit a last-second buzzer beater. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just didn't Like, I'm not going to talk me. about your your – Texas A&M, CC, or your Southeastern Southeastern Missouri States, or any of those, but like your Texas Southerns, your Nevadas, your Arizona States. Oh, nah. Nevada too. <laughs> oh my God, that was yes. ridiculous. Nevada got in. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous. That was the only snub I had a problem with. I thought crazy that UNC. I think like the first ever preseason number one team to not even make ever. the tournament, and they're not even going to play in the NIT. <laughs> like, no, why would you? True. I mean, if you're yeah. not going to make the tournament, at least go win the NIT and say, like, hey, we probably should have been a playing team or something. But, like, I have no problem them getting kicked out. Rutgers took the number one seed there yep. for the NIT. Yeah. Like, I have no problem with Clemson or Oklahoma State, I think, was the other first four out. Like, I had no problem with those three of those four. I just – I could not believe Pitt and Arizona State got in above Rutgers. That was the Here's one my- snub that I really had an issue with. Here's my thing for Clemson. I know people were really – upset or kind of upset about that but when you look at a team like West Virginia right who is going to have who was a 7-11 conference record and then you're going to say well Clemson should have got in absolutely not it, it really hurt Clemson too and the ACC and abroad because the ACC just sucked this year like just straight up was putrid throughout the entire season um, which I guess brings us to, I guess, a larger point, which we'll talk about more in depth. You know, Big 12, I think, without a question, is the deepest conference. I am going to say, I'm going to have you, you're going to really have to help me through this because <laughs> I think the Big 10 is so fraudulent this year. I don't see, I don't see a right. single team in the conference as a national championship contender, mostly because I don't believe, believe in Purdue. Um, there's a couple, I think they're all going to make noise, but I just, I can't see Matt Painter. Matt Painter pees down his leg every year. And like this team, even though you got the best player. Almost in, did it in the Big Ten yeah. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a good place to go into this. Let's just start. We're going to start, build the bracket. We're going to start in South. I hate the entire left side of the bracket. The entire left side of the bracket gives me an aneurysm, especially the East. The East is a disaster for me. I really hate when I was looking over it. I was doing a mock-up one today on my lunch break, and I hated how the bracket turned out for me. But <laughs> Here, Here's my thing. We're, we're, we're going to talk about this when we get to Kansas. I honestly think Kansas got shafted here. And Kansas should be where Purdue is. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that at all. But that uh, that Eastern bracket, it gives me a headache. <laughs> so let's start with the South. Um, Alabama, I, I think it's easy. They're winning that game. Alabama's the best yeah, team in the country to this point. 
I like teams that have this is gonna sound really messed up, so we're gonna have to have put a little caveat. One of the, uh, the key themes though for me picking teams is always like have they had any adversity or do they you know, Texas is a great example where they lose their coach yes. and they play really well. Or you got teams that go on the road and play really great. Alabama's got the bad type of adversity, but the fact that it didn't completely derail their season makes me almost feel like it 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 matters. A, a life was lost. Nate Oates is arguably not a good person for the way he handled it. He's kind of an arrogant prick, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, not facts, just an opinion, people. But they did overcome that. So I was I was almost coming into the SEC tournament like, I'm out on Alabama. They're done. Like They're not going to be able to overcome this adversity. But they've sort of shown that it, it didn't really even put a bump in their road, and they are the best team in the conference coming into the tournament. Yeah, um... The Brandon Miller situation is a bizarre one. And if we know that if that was you or I, we would be sitting in a jail cell Correct. right now until the police sorted everything out. Um, and nobody would be telling us that it was just bad, uh, wrong place, wrong time. No, Fucking absolutely not. No, but and even there, even the commissioner was like, they were like, or no, the athletic director was like, do you think it's preferential t- treatment? And he was like, that's certainly a conversation to be had. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. So your answer is yes. Um, yeah. Alabama wins that. I think if I'm being, if I'm being um, generous here, barring like uh, something wild, I think Alabama um, not walks through this bracket because we've seen that they are a second half team this year. So if a team can score enough points in the first half, Alabama is um, vulnerable. But if Alabama, uh, another cliche, plays within themselves, they should come out of this yeah. side of the break. That, that, there's not a ton of holes outside exactly what you said. Kind of a slow start team, which isn't great, which we'll talk about with some of these other matchups they're going to get. Maryland-West Virginia, this is the one where your expertise is really going to come into play here. Because yeah. I initially just go West Virginia. And here, mm-hmm. but the problem I'm having is Maryland's got the best player in this game, and Jameer Young. But yes. Maryland could not win a road game. Their only two road wins are Louisville and Minnesota, two of the worst teams, if not the worst team in their conferences. Please make it make sense how Maryland can pull off this win or why we should even respect them, even though they do have a guy who can just go get buckets and is going to be the best player in the court in Jameer Young. Can Jameer Young score enough points to beat the entirety of West Virginia is the question that we have to answer here, right? He's averaging 15, 16 points a game. Um, He is no slouch, right? And then we got Reese, who if he gets hot and can play as like a second fiddle for um, Jameer Young, you have a dangerous team. Trust me. I've, I've seen them in action. Here's what Maryland doesn't have the big 10 at best was a middling conference this year that beat up on itself. Right. West Virginia had to play in a huge gauntlet of a conference. Yes. And they gutted out some wins against better opponents than Maryland has seen all year. I think there is no, there isn't, I don't, an eight and nine game is always a toss up, but I think West Virginia wins this solidly. So that was my pick. I was like, 
I got to double check it here with our Big Ten analyst, our senior college basketball analyst, because <laughs> West Virginia is definitely playing the better brand of basketball right now, and it's really hard for me to look at a Maryland team that could not get a win away from their home court, which was really tough for me to wrap my head around, like how that's even possible. Um, and they have the best player, but yeah, I'm with you. I just I think West Virginia is just too good all around um, to really. To, now, to lose this game. But it's definitely possible. But I, I this yeah, was my granted, first. West, West Virginia is terrible at rebounding, both defensive and offensively. Yep. So second chance points. If you don't, if Maryland, if West Virginia can't limit second chance points for Maryland, then th- this game is going to come down to the, even though I say West Virginia will solidly win, I mean like a four or five point win. This game is going to come down to the wire. Yep. All right, 5-12, San Diego State, Charleston. I have San Diego State winning this one. They just play such incredible defense. I know people have been high on this Charleston team. I think it's a little overrated. Um, I really like just the brand of defense against San Diego State. Unfortunately, we might get a snooze fest if West Virginia can pull it out against Furnham and we get San Diego State versus Virginia because two very good defensive teams. Uh, But I've got San Diego State in this game. Yeah, Charleston is a deep team, whereas San Diego State, you know, their core five, six is what you're going to see, but they aren't going to let you shoot the ball, right? And so can Charleston score enough points to stay in it with San Diego State is the challenge there. Um, This is not my 5-12 upset. I think San Diego State wins this one. Nice. All right. That is a vulnerable spot. I I think we... There are some definitely better five. If you're looking to pick an upset again, the five twelve matchup, I think there are better spots to pick from. This one is not one of them. Now, this is one where, from what I've gauged in the general (laughs) sense, Virginia Fornham. A lot of people feel like Fornham can get this one. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm having a hard time. I did see one chart today though that was like I think it was from the right side is like where all of Virginia's points come from is essentially like the right side of the floor. It's a really bad, like it was a shooting shot graph and offensive graph and like 90% of it was like from one side of the floor. So they are the stereotypical. If you make them go left, they can't really score and they don't have that, that really signature UVA defense that we've known over the last couple of years, but they still are really good. And I feel like Fornham's a team that's just sort of happy to be here. Like they're, they're just like ecstatic that they got in and they've played really good basketball. Don't get me wrong, but I, do you see this as one of the first upsets? Because people are really calling for this one in the first <sighs> round. Yeah. The Furman Virginia game is like the Cinderella story. Everybody wants. Um, here's the danger the paladins are playing for their life and virginia has been here before and so does the familiarity of virginia um come back to bite them and we look up and Furman is up you know four points with a minute to go that could happen but similarly to you and i know we are we're saying the same thing I don't think this is it. I think Virginia gets through this. I think Virginia falls very quickly, but I think they get through this game. Yep. I, I'm kind of with you. I, I agree on this one. I, I feel like Virginia's got a game, maybe two. I think their second round will be tough to kind of win here, but that's about it. A game that I am actually very excited for that I feel like is flying a little under the radar, and that's our first moment to talk Big East basketball, which if yes. you're unfamiliar with our show, 
I am a Big East homer. I went to Xavier. My dad went to Providence. My aunt went to UConn. I have two cousins that went to Villanova. We are well represented in the Big East. Yes. Creighton versus NC State. 11 Tell versus me why 6. I should not pick NC State in this. So, I this is my problem. NC State, the thing people are mad about NC State. The thing that makes NC State incredibly dangerous is they're the fourth ranked team in the nation when it co- comes to field goal attempts per 100 um trips. So that is they get up they get a they have a lot of opportunities and a lot of cracks at the rock offensively. Unfortunately, they've struggled to convert as much. I love Creighton, but Creighton has some depth issues. And if you're playing a team that is really running it up, Doug McDermott's done a great job scheming. This is a very electric off uh, defensive team as well as offensive team, really well-rounded. But depth starts to creep in a little bit here for this Creighton team. I do have Creighton winning this game. Mm-hmm. But it's a really dangerous first matchup because NC State gets a ton of shots up. And if there's one thing we know about the NCAA tournament in March Madness is it just takes one good night from the field. And if you are a team that gets shots up in volume, that is something that should scare the bejesus out of you if you're a defending team. But I really, really like Creighton as a whole in this this program. I do think they're going to get out of the first weekend. But, oh, man, it's this is a tough first matchup. Yeah, the like you said, NC State is the definition of balance, right? Both defensively and offensively, they are going to score points and they're going to stop you from scoring points. Here's my the vulnerability that NC State has. Um, one, they played in that soft, not even less than soft ACC. The other thing is NC State is small, and I know Creighton has um, <laughs> some large players out there. Yes. Um, and so will that size advantage hurt NC State? Or will playing small throw Creighton off of their game? I don't know when teams have gone small against Creighton because I haven't watched a lot of Creighton games, if that has been an issue for them. Um, I, and like you said, that lack of depth, if they do go small, if – NC State is small the whole time, and Creighton can't adjust. They don't have people coming off the bench to play in a smaller lineup or play in a a quicker lineup, right? So this might be my first wrong upset, but I think I'm taking NC State in this one. It's quite possible because um, Creighton is really good at defending near the basket. If your entire strategy is to kind of play down low and muck up. You're it's going to be really hard to beat Creighton because they're super well balanced, but they defend really well near the basket. The area that they're vulnerable is that mid range game, and they can be susceptible to sort of the three ball a little bit. But that mid range game is really where they kind of can get hurt and they can get lost in transition. So as long as NC State, like I said, can get up shots in volume, doesn't try to muck it up down low. If you try to muck it up down low, it, it just isn't going to work. I, I want to say they're the 14th best defensive team when it comes to near proximity uh, basket defense. So that makes sense. like it, it, it is one of those, and that's why Baylor is going to be really tough. It's really tough for Creighton, but I just, the way they flow, Doug McDermott is in his bag this season. Like, the, the game plans he puts week to week against the, and their ability to adapt opponent to opponent has been really impressive to me this season. And so that is sort of why I see them getting past this game. It's just his ability to identify weaknesses and sort of go after them. He's done a really good job this season, more so than in past seasons. But like I said, this is a tough game because NC State is not a team. They're not looking to score near the basket. Like they're going to look to get shots up, and that is going to be... Like, they rank 34th in mid-range attempts. So, 
that's going to be important. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need to talk about Baylor versus no. UC Santa Barbara. No. That, I, that. <laughs> no. Baylor is a finesse team. They're really fucking good. <laughs> like, this 3C for a reason. Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, Missouri versus Utah. This one I've gone back and forth of. There's a part of me that really wants Arizona versus Missouri because that offensively would be an electric game in the second game of the weekend. But I don't know if they can get it. Utah State feels like this feels like a potential upset here. Do you have any thoughts or gauge on this game? The Aggies are like one of one of the higher ranked teams in the net, right? Yep. And but then they also have bad losses to mid-major teams. Oh, I don't know. It's not a conference I trust very much. Like, I really hate the Mountain West as a whole, but I've let other people, like, I was doing research today, and other people really get into my brain. I want to say they're, like, a top 20 efficiency offense. So, like, there's that opportunity that they're really high pace. You know, they hit the three ball at the 26th highest rate in the country, I believe, or top 30. And we know the three-point line is the great equalizer in this tournament. But it's just like, I, man, gotta, I really don't respect the Midwest that, at all. My gut or is Mount saying West. that Missouri will drag this game out and Utah won't be able to sustain. Okay, I like that. I I, I yeah. was I just needed somebody to say my wishful thinking for an Arizona-Missouri yeah, game Arizona, wasn't, Missouri. wasn't bleeding too much into it because like Arizona's going to beat Princeton in that, that second round game. Oh man, I think that could be absolute fireworks if we get Missouri. Yeah, versus I want to see that too. And maybe you talk me into it, but man, that would be a electric game. Offensively, it'd be insane. All right, yeah. Let's talk about the East in their first games because this this division, this entire <laughs> the East is literally giving me an aneurysm. Like I feel like I have heartburn just looking at this now. Um, Purdue's winning their game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge Purdue believer, and we'll talk about where they they might fall in this tournament. I think there's a spot that a lot of people are going to start picking, but I don't think we need to go into that just yet. Memphis versus FAU. Yes. Watching that Memphis team clown Houston has made me do a 180 on this team. I am a believer in this team, (sighs) too. I think Penny has found his mojo. It feels right, right? It feels like a coach is going into the tournament and is about to make a statement. I feel it from Penny. I was super concerned about Penny heading into this tournament because I thought he still didn't have it. Where like he just, yeah. you know, he would press way too late in the game or he'd, he'd wait too long to make an adjustment. But he that adapted. Yeah, that Houston game and that tournament that they just went through, it 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 changed my opinion like, oh, maybe the moment isn't too big for Penny. Maybe this is the year they push through. So I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye on this well because that was sort of my feeling as well. Yeah, and I mean, you got DeAndre Williams out there. Just anything that oh comes in that paint is his. Yeah, it's incredible, dude. I, it, it's, it is. And you've I, got Kendrick Davis, too, who can just get you a bucket when you need a bucket. Like, it's just, oh, man. I And uh, Keontae Kennedy, who just shoots the lights out. Yep. And this is like the making of, a, like, this is like, yes, this is what I want my team to look like. If I was to pick a team a tournament team to go in to the tournament, I would be picking the Tigers. Yep. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Now, with that said, FAU no also slouch. had like a kind of like an uh, an upstart to their 
their um, year where they like kind of turned it around and and did it. I just don't think they have enough firepower to beat. Yep, Memphis. That's yeah. where I was at. I was like, unless they're really on top of it and they're really shooting kind of the lights out, I just I don't think they could sustain them for an entire game, um, which is where I felt. This Thursday night game, Duke or Roberts, <clears throat> this is my first real conundrum where I have flipped back and forth so much because I think Duke is sort of flying under the radar now, a little less so because they just went out and they won the ACC tournament, so people are starting to pick up on it. But I think for the longest time, the narrative was like, oh, Duke sucks this season. And they really struggled at parts. But they've really sort of seemed to flip a corner here, and they're playing really good basketball. The problem is you're running to an Oral Roberts team that, one, doesn't turn over the ball. It is hot. And that is a problem because the three-point line is the great equalizer in college basketball nowadays and the ability to shoot the ball and play hot offense. And you pair that with a team that doesn't turn it over a lot, I'm having troubles, man. I'm having troubles picking this game. I'm, I'm picking Oral Roberts. Now, you know, we've talked about this before. I am not a fan of the religious institutions like Oral <laughs> Roberts or like Liberty. Um, the other ones I'm fine, like the Catholic or the the other ones I'm fine with. These ones I'm not, but that's I digress. I think Oral Roberts wins this game if they make Duke do a shootout. Mm-hmm. If Duke gets happy, trigger happy, right? I think that they're going to find themselves on the wrong end of a bad loss. With that said, Oral Roberts defensively is terrible. And if Duke, if Duke can make them play half-court basketball, I think that they run away with this game. But this is my – if you're looking for my 5-12 upset, it's this one. I'm picking Oral Roberts to beat Duke here. Okay. All right. See, this is the part because, like, if Duke can get through this game, I think they get through the first weekend because I have zero faith in Tennessee. Like, I just, I'm out of Tennessee. Like, I'm so tired of people telling me Tennessee is a good basketball program year in and year out. Like, they're fine. They are, they're the definition of fine. I always, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Brooklyn or not Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, You watched New Girl, right? Yeah. Do you remember the episode where they do the crossover between Brooklyn Nine-Nine and New Girl and they have to go to like um, go get Schmidt's soup and there's like Lynn's Palace and I'm like, it's fine. It's it's just fine. <laughs> That's what I feel like Tennessee basketball is. Like, it's fine. It's Yeah, it's fine. But like, I'm so over the hype train on Tennessee basketball. I think they probably win their first game, but if Duke can get through Oral Roberts, I think they beat Tennessee and then they're in for the second weekend, which it, it's one of those yeah. like catapult moments. I hope. I wonder if Louisiana realizes the raging Cajuns. I wonder if they realize how vulnerable Tennessee is. God, I hope. I wonder so. if they're scouting that. Um, I do think Tennessee beats them easily, but they're probably one of the most vulnerable teams in this tournament. Yes. Oh. Now I'm gonna flip the script on you. Tell me why Providence will beat Kentucky. Oh man, this is one where I just. I'm nervous because Ed Cooley's in a in an awkward position where I don't think he's gonna leave Providence, but he's not a hundred percent shutting it down. And so and I think that's just a negotiating tool to try to get some more money out of Providence, which do it, my man. You've built a program that you're great. Providence also, if you would talk to me maybe like a month ago, if if, if the last month of basketball hadn't happened, I would say Providence is gonna beat Kentucky handily here. Yeah, but I think Providence is running out of a little steam here, a little bit of fire. Now there is a, re- a revenge factor here, and right. Calipari. If 
you want Kentucky to lose because the content that will come out of that just from Kentucky sports radio here in the greater Cincinnati area where I'm doing it is going to be electric. The The fan base of Kentucky is going to be out with their, their torches for Calipari's head. But I, I don't know. Kentucky it, doesn't get rid of him next year. I don't think so, but it's just, it's, it would be so funny if they lost this game. I'm having a hard time. I'm having a really hard time finding a way. Providence is that one team in the Big Ten that I or Big Ten Big East that is really susceptible. I love all the other Big East teams. I think UConn, if they play their cards right and they get really good point guard play coming up here from um, Tristan Newton, they could be a national championship type of contender with the way their draw looks and things like that. And we'll get into UConn. And I like my boy Xavier. They're running a little out of gas as well. And I like Creighton. I like a lot of the Big East teams. Providence, I'm really yeah, concerned Yeah, that DePaul about. game was a... Uh, yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the beatdown Marquette gave us on, on Saturday, which I think was more of a fatigue thing, if I'm being yeah, honest. The way we were shooting the ball, I think it was more fatigue. Zach Fremantle... We'll get to Xavier, but like we'll get to that, and we'll get to Marquette here very quickly. Yeah, we're gonna get to Marquette very, very quickly. But I'm honestly having a hard time picking Providence over this because I think I think they're running out of steam. I okay. think Ed Cooley, the situation with Ed Cooley right now, because there are jobs open that he would make sense for. The problem is, if I'm Ed Cooley, it doesn't make sense to leave Providence for these jobs. Yeah, I picked Kentucky to win this game, mostly because the two Providence games I watched, I saw Providence not be able to score points, and that's going to be a problem against a Calipari team. So um, that's why I picked Kentucky. Yeah, and I mean, there is there is a factor, like Hopkins might want to show, like, hey, I couldn't even get m- minutes for Kentucky, and you're, like, a little bit of a refentant factor here. Like, I'm having a great season. I'm going to show you type of deal. But I just, I'm having a hard, like, I think Kentucky, the fact that they figured out, like, Shibway isn't the player that he was last year, and you don't have to force feed him the ball a ton of times, and the adjustments that Calipari's made, I think that that's enough to get them through this game. But then I think they're going to run into a really feisty Kansas State team, because I think Kansas State beats Montana State. And I really like this Kansas State team. The way they play defense, they have two great guards. Keontae Johnson's played really well and had kind of a resurgence here. Um, the way they play defense, I love the this the feistiness of this Kansas State team. I think that's gonna be a really fun matchup to Kansas. But I don't know if maybe you see a path for Montana State to win this game. I don't think Montana no. State is up to no. Kansas State. Kentucky, I really uh, like Kentucky. Kansas State. Kansas State is playing with a chip on their shoulder. Yep. Um, Kansas State is a a solid team. I really like this Kansas State team. Like Kansas State is a team that if I saw them win the tournament, I would be like. Man, that's a feel-good story. Yep. Um, they're coming in in a conference, playing in a conference that no other team that uh, from like the other major conferences could sustain would be able to sustain the same record that they did, the same consistency that they did all year long. Kansas State is seven and five versus the best teams in the country. Come on, yeah. that that is. I love them. I love Kansas State. I don't think Montana State has even a chance to sniff a victory. Sorry, guys. And I am dying. I want to see that Kansas State-Kentucky matchup, yeah. see uh, what prevails there. I'm 100% with you. And how can you not like Kansas State with Keontae Johnson, who had yes. that extremely scary moment last year with Florida? He comes back. He's playing great basketball, too. This team is really firing. Two years ago, right? Two years ago. Two yeah, years. sorry. Not yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and they've got good guard play. And that's the other thing we know. Good guard play pays in March. Like, you need good guard play. They're getting good production out of their guards. I, re- I really like this Kansas State team. Noel I, is a three-point shooting machine. Yep. I really, really so, like them. Yeah, I really like them. All right. So, let's talk about my Spartans versus you. Yes. Are we feeling Izzo season? Give it to me. What are your thoughts um, coming into this? No, no, no. I think this is a... Um, if I'm being honest with you, I think this is a first weekend team. I think USC, um, I think Michigan State is a bad matchup for USC, if I'm being completely honest. I, I agree. I have them winning this game. Yeah, I don't. Now, it could go either way, but I don't think USC has, um, they have the guard play. I don't think they have the inside game. They, they don't rebound. And if you know anything about Michigan State basketball, we lose games when Michigan State does not play their basketball, meaning we don't rebound on the offensive or defensive glass. That is Izzo is going to pound that into their head and say, USC can't rebound to save their life. Meaning if we get up second chance points, if we give it up, um, if we limit points from them, that's great. Also, um, USC is hurt. Yep. That's a big story in college, in just college basketball. So many teams are banged up coming into March here. Yeah, so um, they're down. I think they're down two people, if I remember correctly, or they're down. They're down one, and one is coming back. But anybody coming back from injury, that is a, it's a hard matchup. I I don't think USC wins this game. I, I think MSU wins this a, a nail biter, but Michigan State wins this. I I don't disagree. Um, I've got Michigan State here. I also I'm not in panic mode because Izzo is one of the coaches in the league. And I think you'll agree with this that understands that, you know, your, your conference tournament performance, while it's oh. nice, it doesn't matter. Like he's a guy, Bill Self's a similar guy. I wish Sean Miller was a little bit that way at Xavier. We're like, there's a handful of them throughout the league where it's like, I'd rather almost get the rest and ability to just practice and prep for the tournament than blow our load in the, in the, the conference tournament and kind of, take some tread off the tires. And I, I, I think that plays yeah. to Michigan State's advantage loss. here. Get that loss out of the way. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that plays to their advantage here Um, in, in sort of a little bit of a humbling act. really helps drive home that message about, hey, we got to be tough on the glass. We got to put in the effort. We can't we can't come in and, and have the front of our jerseys mean something because it doesn't mean something this year. Can I – can I – is it time for Dante Conspiracy Corner? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, I, won't, I won't take our new time. segment. Yeah, Dante's <laughs> Conspiracy. We're going to get a banner for it. <laughs> yeah. Some good music. We could have had, <clears throat> sorry, we could have played lesser opponents, right? Than USC. We could have played one of the playing teams. We could have played um, a Drake. We could have played, there, there are plenty of teams we could have played here. And we play USC. Why? Because USC is coming to the Big Ten next year. This is a game <laughs> in the middle it. of yes. the day. This is a game in the middle of the day between two marquee programs, the Spartans versus the Trojans. Yep. Welcome to the Big Ten, and boys. All they're going to do is hype up like this is a matchup you're going to see multiple times next year. This is a matchup. Yeah. This is so, not a crazy conspiracy. This is exactly <laughs> probably how they did it. If nothing else, the NCA is marketers and love storylines. I, I 100% think that's it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's the same reason we had Duke in our bracket last year, right? It was Coach K's last uh, hurrah. Who, he can go out playing Izzo. Who doesn't want to do Who doesn't want to see that? Yeah. 
I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 that's not too crazy of a, of a thing there. Um, all right. Marquette, Vermont. This one can be quit. People are buying into Vermont. I'm not, I, no. I, what? I don't, I don't know if people are buying into them, but they're, I think people think Marquette's a week two is essentially what I guess I should be saying. Oh, that's probably right. Which is, that means that they're a strong three. Yeah, they're a really strong three. Right, and yeah. <laughs> this is why this bracket gives me such an, such a hard time because the way it pans out, I got Marquette going way further than they should be in my mind because I know Marquette's a really good team. Defensively, they're great. Vulnerable. Offensively, yeah, th- there are times there. So, or I shouldn't say great. Um, what was I going to say? Where was I going with this? Oh, I I think Shaka Smart's reinvented himself. He's done great things with this program. I want Marquette to be good for college basketball because I think a healthy Marquette is really good. I mean, this is the program that turned out guys like Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade. They spend an enormous amount of money on basketball. There's they are susceptible. I flipped it defensively. I meant to say they're susceptible defensively. Really good offensively. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Um, I flipped that in my head, um, which I do, as all listeners know. Nate, Nate, sometimes the wiring gets a little crazy up here. But uh, I just, they win this game. I guess we can talk them about them a little bit long term here. I, I just, I struggle to see them going as far as a lot of people do. But this, yeah. this, this is why I hate this bracket. It's such a mess when we get so, down yeah, to it. Yeah, that Marquette versus Michigan State matchup drives me wild because Marquette does not defend the three. Nope. And Marquette does not rebound, which... If Izzo can exploit that, Marquette might get blown out. But then my gut is saying, no, Michigan State doesn't have the firepower. Like, even if Michigan State gets off the shots and stuff, Marquette will get off two shots for every one that Michigan State does. So that's where I'm at. And just to put it in context that, like, oh, yeah, what Dante's saying is not crazy here. Marquette is ranked 207th when it comes to three-point percentage allowed. 207th in the NCAA. Like, they do not present the, the perimeter that well. Um, it's why Shock is out there trying to act like a sixth man on defense on the yes. sideline going bananas. Drives me crazy. I'm like, he he's on the court, ref. Like, get him off the court. <laughs> oh, which is kind of a but thing. With that said, Marquette has bludgeoned the top 25. Yeah. This is true, and, and this is they did that whole retreat in October or whatever where they went, and, and Shaka kind of redefined the program. And I, I think it's working with this group of guys, but I do always get concerned a little bit with like a Shaka-led team um, where it's like the coaches just going bananas on the sideline for defense. And like if you're in the heat of a moment, is that really helping? Because, you know, it's hard not to lose your cool and just be like, shut up, I got it. And like, yeah. I don't know, he's just so crazy at times. It, it's tough. Well, we'll come back and talk about that NSU, Marquette. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Houston, Northern Kentucky. Um, were you the one who said, did you say earlier Kansas should have been in this bracket? Yeah, Kansas should have been. Kansas could have flipped with either Purdue or Houston. That's where they should have been. So my conspiracy on this one is the Final Fours in Houston. Jim Nance is calling his last Final Four. Jim Nance went to Houston in Houston they gave him this bracket instead of Kansas because it is a little bit more of a uh, cakewalk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outside of Texas and Xavier, my Xavier, that and, bottom part. Xavier. I almost. Oh, but you, you, you're talking about Xavier. I saw a lot of people pick Kennesaw State over Xavier, which is crazy. We'll get to that in a moment. I honestly, yeah. when I saw the three ranking, I'm so happy for my boys. Like, I'm great, great. First time we'll get in the there. Tournament since four years. Four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, four get years. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. 
Houston, I think, beats Northern Kentucky. I don't think there's a hole here. There is some injury concern here. Um, What's-his-face is groin, like, exploded in the conference tournament. But they yes. think he'll be fine if they can get through the first weekend. But it's going to be a little touch-and-go. I think he's still playing, but, but he's just not 100%. You're a number one seed. You are, you've been a number one seed. You've been a number one team in the country. You took Memphis to the wire, even though you, you lost that game. Uh, one of your players hurt is not an excuse. Oh, 100% agree. But I also just think Houston is by far the weakest of the, the one seeds, in my opinion. And honestly, not Purdue? No. I, like, if these two matched up together, Purdue I don't like. like. But I don't see either of these teams as Final Four teams. Like, I would go Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, Houston. That would be my okay. my order of teams. I would do that too, but only because Purdue is in the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, but like Houston didn't play early. Anybody? They're like, yeah, they're good, oh, but it's just. I'm so happy that they're going over to the Big Twelve because they played a garbage schedule. Garbage. And I just <laughs> I don't really know how good this team is because when we saw the Memphis game and things like that, it's just like, man, I, if they get punched in the face, I I don't know how well they respond because they they haven't had any real adversity this season. They haven't had to like really play great teams on a consistent basis and that that is a thing coming into tournaments yeah this iowa auburn game we don't need to talk about a lot iowa doesn't play great defense i'm out on iowa i am out on iowa from here until the end of time dude i am so done if they lost in the first round with keegan murray last year i am done with this team this i'm not falling for this another year like give me all an upset nine over eight there is not an upset no (laughs) no not at all i'm so glad we're on the same page there um, yeah, Miami. This Miami team scares me Oof. because they're undersized, but man, are their guards fun to watch. And Jim Laranega, like everybody's going to be like, oh, he's the guy that helped take George Mason to the final four years ago. And like, oh, he's got that great coaching. But like, I don't know. They scare me. Like I could see them ripping off a couple wins, but I could also see them just absolutely falling flat, fat, flat on their faces. Man. <laughs> if they re- their strength is scoring quickly, um, and getting those two points up. Now, they rely heavily on the three, and if that three does not fall, Miami, like you said, will not make it out of the first weekend. Um, I, I love um, Jordan Miller. I think he is a play. He's a momentum changer is what I like to call him, which means that it, he could be good or bad, right? If he comes in at the right time, if he's play, he plays his game, Miami looks like one of the best teams in the nation. But if he comes in like sluggish and not where he should be, then uh, and you're you're relying on like um, what's their their score Wong to yep. like shoot you back into the game. It's gonna be a long game. It's tough. I I agree. Yeah. I, I think Miami gets this one though. I, I do. Yeah, think... I don't know much about Drake, so I'm not yeah, even gonna talk about. I think them, they but get I think this. Miami one. wins. Yeah. I've got them. Um, all right, I need you to explain Indiana here for me. I do not. Is, so many is... teams. So many people keep telling me they're a Final Four team, and I I do not understand it. I sort Trace... of get it because of their draw, and I'm sort of mad Xavier didn't get the four seed and they got the three seed. I wished it was flipped. I really wish we had gotten the four seed in this bracket. But I need you to explain it to me because I I just Trace don't see it. Jackson Davis is one of the best players in NCAA right now. Okay. With that said, I'm about to say something. If you're looking for another upset to pick, I don't think I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick Indiana here. But if you're looking for another upset and you just got all chalk, you might want to pick Kent State over Indiana. 
this is my problem is my bracket starts to look very chalky <laughs> like yeah. but I, I i can't and but then i have indiana like going very far and i, I i'm out of all sorts here i i do have indiana winning this game but i know i think indiana does not i think indiana doesn't know how to deal with the um quickness of miami yeah, that's fair. I, yeah, and Miami is under in undersized too, so it's like I have India winning this game, and then spoiler alert, I have them beating Miami, and then it's like Indiana versus Houston. I'm like, oh god, and we'll talk about that. But like, yeah. it's just hard because this feels very risky for me with Indiana. The, the other thing with Indiana is every time they've had a chance to beat a big team, besides Michigan State, every time they've had a chance <laughs> to beat a big team, they've crapped the bed. Fair, fair. Um, we're not going to mention. Uh, my muskies versus versus them, but it, it's all good. <laughs> uh, all right. Iowa State should win that game. I don't care who they're playing. So I actually have it the opposite way. I you think, think Mississippi or Pitt will upset Iowa State. Talk to me. I think Mississippi State. Yep. My thinking is Mississippi. So this is relying on Mississippi State beating Pitt. I okay. don't think it works the other way around. But I think Mississippi State wins that game. And then I think you have an Iowa State team and a Mississippi State team or a Mississippi State team that both rely on kind of getting dirty and getting muddy. And I think when you don't have like a team that is um high high variety that's not the word I'm looking for. Their game plans are very similar. And so I think that opens it up, at least in my opinion. And maybe I'm reading the situation wrong, but I view these two teams as very similar as like, let's get it, let's get dirty and let's get muddy and kind of muck it up and play really good defense and go from there. And that's why I think Mississippi State could pull an upset here with this because they do just enough good where they're they're really good defensively. Offensively, it's tough, but they play really good around the rim. And anytime a team he, plays really good around the rim against a team that does a very similar thing, I mean, Iowa State does guard against the rim really, really well, but they're also going to look to do that. I just, like, they're both going to look to play around the rim, and that, I think, creates a recipe where it's like, one is not a superb three-point shooting team, one's not a superb, like, volume shot team, and that just opens itself up to an upset, I think. I hear you. But here's where I think you're not giving enough credit to these Big 12 teams. They literally <laughs> I don't think are playing against monsters night in, night out. I think that the tournament is going to be easy for a lot of Big 12 teams. I don't disagree. And that's like people will be like, well, they beat Baylor. And it's like, yeah, but Baylor's a very... They play... Heavy thing. Yeah, and they also play pretty ball offense. Like, they are... They they are let's not get dirty with it like they are they're pretty boy offense and so it's it's stylistically different and and that opens itself to variable but I think these two teams stylistically are so similar that that allows for the kind of grittier team I do almost wonder like Iowa State feels a little like we're in the best conference this team's yeah. below us and that's that's the recipe for a potential upset so that's why now once again if if Pitt gets this no. Iowa State's winning, but <laughs> I, State I think wins. this only works if Mississippi State wins. It wins against Pitt because I just think they can muck it up so well down low that it just creates a very um, high. What's I'm trying to look for the word um, high variable game or I don't know. I, I'm not describing it well. 
there's a we'll lot wordsmith it later yeah we'll, we'll wordsmith it. it we're gonna we're gonna cut this out and you're just gonna see nate in a completely yeah. different outfit on the youtube <laughs> like tomorrow being like what the word i'm looking for um but yeah it, it's one of those tell, tell the listeners why xavier is coming out of this weekend oh my xavier um hold, hold on i gotta look up this word that i'm looking for <laughs> This is great, oh, you got, great, you great. You also got to flip. No, you can't flip the light on because of your the issues that you're having at your home. Correct. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretend the light is on. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't think of the name of it. Whatever. I'll figure it out here. Um. All right, Xavier. Let me talk about Xavier. First of all, I need people to stop talking to me about Zach Fremantle. I'm aware Zach Fremantle is out. That does nothing for us. We've had a month to get used to life without him defensively we are much better like zach freeman god love him i hope him nothing but the best in his recovery i have a i have a feeling he will not be with the program next year i think he'll probably look to transfer but defensively he's a liability another year yeah oh so many guys have another year. like jack nunji still technically has a year but i think he's, he did a senior night this year so i think he's calling it this season because he's just old and is like i'm done with college basketball but technically he our only three seniors are shule boom uh kunkel and jack nunji technically so everybody else has See, I eligible thought, i thought shule had another year no shule's done after this year shule. um so liability defensively offensively he added depth was good offensively i don't care we've adjusted well we have great guard play we have one of the most underrated nba prospects in the country in Colby Jones, who has been absolutely eating this season, especially towards the end part. Not only is he getting good rebounds, not only can he pass the ball, he can score from every position. He got absolutely yoked in the offseason, so he doesn't avoid contact. We got great point guard playing guard play from Sule Boom, who is an absolute electric factory from Sean Miller, who completely reinvented himself offensively. You look at this Xavier team versus his Arizona teams, they look nothing alike. It's high-speed, high-paced basketball. Um, we're getting great guard play. We got seven-footer and Jack Dungey down low. The concern would be depth, and a lot of people will look at the Big East tournament. To me, that was a fatigue thing. That was We just played so many games back-to-back. -back. We don't have a ton of depth. In the NCAA tournament, you get some breaks. Defensively, people are like, this team is really bad defensively. But I need you to look at the last, and they're going to be like, well, I forget what game where it was. DePaul, for example. That's not the game I'm thinking of, but the DePaul game, they went off. All right, DePaul shot really well. But without Fremantle, our, our efficiency numbers have gone way up defensively. Like, we've gotten better in the last month. So you take that last month sample. They're better defensively. They're really good offensively. I love this Xavier team. People say they're fringe Final Four. I don't necessarily see it, but if we get enough breaks, I could potentially see it. But I think this team gets out of the first weekend, and they are really tough out for probably texas in the lower part of this bracket i love my xavier musketeers and i i'm removing my biases that's what i got for you i mean okay xavier my my great points for xavier i've watched xavier all year um they're eight and six versus quad one they are a battle tested team they are a team that's going to go out there and not give up right the, the musketeers can shoot the ball um the musketeers can um speed you up now that's something you're not going to see in some of these um and like that's not a percentage you're going to come but that matters when you're controlling the pace of the game right and xavier um sean miller and, and the musketeers can do that <clears throat> i got two points against xavier here and i'm picking xavier here i'm a xavier fanboy too by proxy we got two <laughs> we appreciate two, it <laughs> 
two points here. Uh, Xavier also does not. What is up with your Big East teams not defending the three-point line? Uh, yeah, it's been tough. It's been getting better, but yeah, it's not good. I think we're we're like outside the top 150 when it comes to f- three-point percentage made against us. <laughs> and then I need to play the, the Degenerate Report um, music right now. <laughs> Xavier is three and six against the spread, whereas Kennesaw State is three and one. Yeah, I mean, that's just spread, though. That's just betting. Here, You want to talk about our offensive (laughs) consistency? Versus average appointment, we are fifth in field goal percentage made. We are fifth in three-point percentage made. And we are fifth in mid-range shots made. That is consistency that you just can't get anywhere else. And that's against the average opponent that we rank top five in all five of those offensive categories. The concern is definitely defensive. Don't get me wrong. And the reason we got yeah. we got so blown out against Marquette is we just had a really bad shooting night, some bad shot decisions. And like I said, I think that was more the legs not being able to feed the beast because there's just a fatigue factor in there, which I, I almost kind of wish they took the Bill Self, you know, Izzo approach where they're like, screw the tournament. I don't care if we lose in the first game. It was fun, but like I would have rather just rest because there is a depth concern, especially down low if we get in foul trouble. But man, and you got Claude Edward or uh, <laughs> Claude getting way way better he's a young freshman that should be on everybody's watch list right now like it's just we got so many dudes in the front court i just we're a hard out yeah um yeah xavier wins this i i, I like xavier let's talk about this texas a&m and penn state i think this is one of the most interesting matchups in a tournament i do as well texas a&m who could easily have been the sec regular season champions right texas a&m also easily i mean it could have been are they the most dangerous um, seven seed we've ever seen like i don't know how they got the seven seed they i they of all the teams right texas uh, texas a&m defensively is scary with that said penn state if, if you've not watched micah's team all year one, they're hot right now. Now, I know they did lose in a crazy fashion, but they're hot right now, and they shoot threes. Yeah, they're, they got some shooters on that team. <laughs> they put up the most threes or the second most threes in the country. Can Texas A&M run them off the three-point line? And if you run them off the three-point line, are you, are you defensively set enough to get them off their mid-range jumpers? I don't know. This game right here, this is a game that scares me that I'm excited to watch, but it scares me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's tough. I have Texas A&M winning this game. But Penn State, the pro, like I said, the three-point line is the great equalizer in college basketball. Being efficient from that is really important. Being hot from that is really important. Now, there is a weak layoff here from the last game, but, man, Penn State got hot at the right time, and, and you yes, hit it right on the head. They've got shooters on the team. It's a really it's a really fun matchup, but I do think Texas A&M, the problem that Penn State's going to run into is they're getting a team that has a chip on their shoulder because yep. I think everybody universally agrees the fact that they're a seven seed is kind of ludicrous. Um, they are much better than a seven seed in their ranking entails. In my opinion, I think a lot of people feel that way as well. And so this isn't a team that's going to be full of itself. This isn't a team that's coming into this. like We just got through a gauntlet of a conference like they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. Like we got to prove something here, and that makes it dangerous. But I love the yeah. matchup. The the other thing too, which I don't know if it's going to affect them, is that Micah is potentially looking at that Georgetown. 
Yep. Thumbs up. That also plays into it. So it does play into it. He might. I mean, that's going to be a bigger paycheck than Penn State. So. <laughs> yeah. But the Georgetown job is going to be competitive. So we'll see. Yeah. So we'll see. I like Penn State here. But I don't know if I'm, that's not a lock in. That's not a Dante guarantee. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't think we need to spend much time on Texas Colgate. Love you, Colgate. But sorry, Texas yeah, is sorry. Texas is a problem. They are. This is a team. We talk about adversity, losing their head coach. And it, they didn't. I mean, it, it had an effect for sure. But they've they figured it out. And this is a really good team, especially offensively. Like, I just I don't think Colgate hangs in here. I got Texas moving forward. Yeah, I. I... I think Texas is one of my final four teams, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they're deadly. They're up there. That they, they have made it through. I may change it, but yeah, they are. They're they're in my final four. A little little surprise there, but we'll talk about it. Um Kansas, don't think we have to talk about much there. No, Kansas again. Love you, Howard, but I yeah, don't you're... think you can play with no the boys down in Kansas. Kansas is really good. Talk about a team that lost more than seventy five percent of their offensive production from last season, and they haven't missed a beat. And they talk about a team that's battle tested. Their their season and their schedule was a doozy to get through. You know, I always think about Jalen Wilson in the Michigan storyline, and like, do they? Is that like is that a big regret for Michigan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Um, yeah. All right. This is a game you need to talk to me too. I had high hopes for Illinois coming into the season. I think we had a podcast if people go and dig up the archives where we both felt like this may be a season that Illinois might break through preseason. That did not happen. No and they're, they're coming against a must bus team that has made back to back elite eights. That is playing some good basketball. Yeah. Does Illinois have it in them? Because I, I right now have Arkansas, but I could be very easily talked out of it. This is another one where these teams look so much alike to me, where I don't know. Like, neither one of these teams are great shooting from the three-point line, right? Yep. Um. Oh, I hate to say this. I think this game comes down to because I saw it happen to Michigan State. <laughs> I think this team go this game goes down to who gets to the free throw line more and makes their free throws. Um I don't while I don't believe in Illinois, my faith in Arkansas isn't that strong either. <sighs> I because Illinois because Arkansas has played against the likes of Bama, against the likes of some other strong contenders in this this tournament. I think I'm going to pick Arkansas here, but I might flip-flop on that. I don't have a good reason to pick Illinois. The, <sighs> Illinois defends the two very well. They will stop you from getting your mid-range jumper off, but I don't think that's what Arkansas is trying to do. Arkansas is trying to they're trying to run um, it with you. Yeah, they're and trying run it to right up. Yeah, go straight up to the paint with you, test your bigs because they have the manpower to do that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I, I Brad has his work cut out. Yeah, and I, I I unfortunately feel like this is not going to be the year for Brad to break through. Unfortunately, I think I think unfortunately the the hopes for Illinois fall short. I do. I have must bust winning this. I mean, 
he just gets it in March. Like he's one of those coaches right now that just understands it, and he's got his teams playing at such a high level when it comes to March. And it's it's the same thing. It's all about getting geared up at the right time, and I think that's where Arkansas is right now, um, yeah. which gives a really fun Kansas Arkansas game, which I think Kansas ultimately wins. But yeah, you want so. Oh God! Yeah, let's talk about the most popular. I was gonna say you want to talk about a team that's coming with some momentum. Yeah, VCU St. Mary's. VCU's coming in with some momentum and some gall about them and some real Mm -hmm. like. Here we go. Volatile was the word I was looking for. Volatile. Volatile. God, that just popped into my brain. Volatile was the word I was looking for earlier, folks. All right, fun times with Nate. (laughs) St. Mary's VCU though, but I. See, I have this upset, and and it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, do I need to bob when everybody's going straight? Like, do I need to hook a right if everybody's going left? Well, I think everybody is picking this upset. But oh man, I I really like VCU here. I I just I think St. Mary's is coming in a little overrated. VCU's been incredibly consistent. They are not a high volatile team. You want to talk about teams that are high volatile? They are the opposite. They are a very stable team. They they give you the same product night in and night out. They've been really good away on the road as well, which I think is really important, especially when you get to tournament team teams that travel well are always good. Um, and I just, yeah, it's, it's, I'm having a hard time making the case and they play really good defense. Like that's the other thing. They play really good defense. They can be a little bit more up and down offensively, but they're, they're relatively consistent. They could, they play well down low. They play good enough from afar. I, I just I have a hard time seeing how St. Mary's wins beats wins this game, but I think it's going to be really close. VCU is shorthand. Or I'm sorry, St. Mary's is also shorthanded, which I think is the biggest factor coming into this game. Um, like you said, there are a lot of teams out there with in, the injury bug, and while I don't think anybody on St. Mary's is like hurt hurt, um, they have some lingering injuries and they're not a deep team at all i think they play a six-man rotation whereas you're talking about vcu who will play eight people out there and just light it up um i like this upset now here's my dante thing either pick oral roberts over duke or pick vcu (laughs) over st mary's do not pick both Yep, I'm with you. I, and this, I, I think, and that's exactly how my first bracket went. I had Duke beating Oral Roberts and VCU beating St. Mary's because I had the same. Man, we are on the same brave link for most of this, which I don't know if it's a good thing. If it were Tim, I would say this is a very bad thing for your very bracket. If me and Tim, shout out Tim, um, I know you're listening. If me and him were on the same wavelength, I would say completely fade us or light your bracket on fire because it's in trouble. But we are very similar here because I have VCU beating this game, but I had Duke in the original bracket I made. Yeah, I- I'm gonna flip that. Yeah, I got Duke now winning. I've got VCU. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Yeah, stick to your guns. If you don't, just don't pick both of these. Both yep. of them won't happen. <laughs> yeah, this is very both true. Yeah. Um, uh, do we need to talk about Connecticut versus Iona? The one point we need to make. Talk about crazy coaches going at it. You got Rick Pitino and Dan Hurley yeah. going at it. I mean, this is a sideline game. <laughs> yes. The sidelines, Pitino and yes, Dan Hurley. That's the only thing. Dan UConn's Dan winning this Hurley, game. Yes. The only point, and we'll talk more about UConn later when there's a matchup to talk about, but that's my only note is like, this is a sideline game. This is a coaching personality game with two just lunatics going at it. <laughs> I think with UConn being one of the best teams in the net, one of the best teams in the Kim Palm, I don't think Iona has the, the no. star power to Dude, beat them. The way they rebound their own shots, too, is like it, 
UConn is a different animal. Like it, once yeah, again, I, that UConn Kansas matchup. Yeah. Whew. UConn ultimately, and this is something we'll talk about later, they go as far as Tristan Newton takes them at the point guard. They have to get good point guard play because they've got good play everywhere else on the floor. They are solid everywhere else. And and Newton's a very good player. Like, I don't want people to be like, I'm trashing Newton. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, he has to play to his potential, and this team, the sky is the limit, I think, for this team. If if they're not getting good point guard play, they're going to have a little bit of trouble. But the way they rebound their own shots... The way they create their shots, oh, it's just it, it, it's really fun basketball if you haven't been watching UConn basketball. Um, talking about another team I love, TCU. Watching. I love Oof. watching TCU basketball. They are a fun... I don't know if everybody else feels this way, but I have a lot of fun. That TCU-Kansas State game was awesome to watch, in my opinion. I really like the feistiness of this team. I think they win this game pretty handily, no matter who comes out of this. But I, I do like TCU. I think they present a really fun matchup for Gonzaga in that second round. Yeah, I like TCU a lot again. Um, they played in one of the toughest, in the toughest conference, in the best conference, in my opinion. Um, and they, they've just been fun to watch. All year. If you have not watched TCU, Kansas, Kansas State, watch these Big 12 teams. Watch them. Yeah, like I had more fun watching the Big East, which is definitely a homer pick, but I think a lot of people would agree. The Big East was super fun to watch this year. Just yes, It was aesthetically pleasing basketball, but man, the Big 12, it's the deepest It's the deepest conference by far. There's such high level, which is crazy because it didn't used to be that way in the no, Big 12. No, it used to be Kansas and everybody. I mean, Kansas, you know. Yeah, but they are just, and- they have gotten so high and there are levels to this stuff it is really it's fun basketball to watch it was a super fun tournament and i really like this this tcu team they also don't even if they get down early and you saw it in the kansas state game where kansas state really came out throwing haymakers they didn't get down on themselves they didn't beat themselves up they just stuck in it that was poor coaching yeah kansas state's side that's what that was i would agree um gonzaga rolls Grand Canyon yes. here rolls. That's up. another one. I, again, these religious institutions. If I can't pick against them, I'm picking yeah. against them, and I'm going to pick against GCU. <laughs> you don't have that acid trip of a home stadium that they're in, where it's just going buck wild. Like Gonzaga's one of the best offenses in the country. Their defense concerns me. I think at some point that's going to have to come back and bite them in the butt. And I think I know the yeah, game. That it will. Gonzaga <laughs> matchup is interesting yeah it's real interesting and even to get out of that one i think they got ucla coming down the pipeline where it's like man talk about a team that's on its p's and q's crosses its t's and dots its i's like so another conspiracy let's talk about it because i think both ucla and northwestern beat their opponents northwestern is hot boo booey one of the the greatest manufacturer manufacturer of Oh my God, how did he make that basket in the game right now? Yep. He just does that. He's a wizard with the basketball. When you think Northwestern is out of it, Boo Booey is not out of it. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is very true. <laughs> he is not out of it. Um, with that said, I think this is another one of those. We put these two near each other so that the announcers can be like, Northwestern versus UCLA is another big future Big Ten matchup that you'll get to see all the time. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Um, UCLA. Hot. Hot. It sucks their injury because, yes. you know, they lose Clark to the Achilles. He's done for the season. Not their best yeah. player, but he's done. But the thing that I just, I, I, 
I cannot oppress against the, the viewership enough, and I think you'll agree with me, is Mick Cronin has done one of the best jobs in college basketball as far as getting his team to play really disciplined basketball. They yes. play some of the most disciplined basketball you will ever see, both defensively and offensively, which makes them incredibly hard to beat. They are... They're a tortoise, and they can just get right into their shell if they need to. They're not going to blow you out of the water necessarily with their pace, but they just are, they're the definition of consistency. And I think that's really important for this tournament. It's the reason I have them going so far. I do think they are going to beat Northwestern because they are just suffocating defensively. But I think it's a super interesting matchup and one that's going to be fun to watch because of how hot, like you said, Northwestern is coming into this. I just I think this is where the, the fun trip ends for Northwestern because I just I love UCLA so much here. Um, but my God, it, it it's a really interesting matchup. Yeah, I like that. TCU Gonzaga. I agree. I agree. I um I don't like Northwestern in the sense that I they beat us at home and <laughs> it was the first time that they beat us at home. Well, not the first. It was the second time they beat us at home. And now I think that they have like in modern time, I think they have a winning record against Michigan State, and I don't like that. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. So I think we both agree TCU Gonzaga is that yes. second round matchup. We're just gonna go right back up the bracket. We're, we got down. We're gonna snake right back around. Um. This is fun. I, I think Gonzaga still wins here, but uh, and you can probably talk me out of this. At some point, their defensive performance has to catch up with them. Is this the game it does, or does that happen against you know a UCLA or UConn down the road? Because if they can get through this, this is really this is a big time moment for them because their offense is so good. But like we just got done saying, TCU is such a feisty team, and they're they're never out, and and they they present so many challenges. And so this is where I am. <sighs> Does TCU's inefficiency to make a three-point basket outweigh Gonzaga's defense collapsing halfway through the game? I don't think it is, and that's why I do have Gonzaga winning this game. But it's a super because interesting matchup. Is because Drew Timmy going to be able? This is this is his game. Is he going to be able to get in the middle of TCU's? Um, the, the the teeth of that defense and scoring the paint. And if he can't, he's a great passer. If he can't, do they have enough firepower around the perimeter to outlast TCU? I think yes. I answer that question yes. My concern now, is their defense. is like 19 or 20 in defensive efficiency. Right. Which makes it a super fun matchup. This is what makes this sort of a really high power or really fun matchup if you're kind of a basketball head. It's going to be a low-scoring game, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, and this is one of those times where it's like, is this the moment that I think it catches up to them in the next, the second weekend? But I yeah. can see the argument. The thing that makes me nervous about picking Gonzaga here is TCU is so good offensively. Except Gonzaga, Yeah. <laughs> but Gonzaga is so good offensively. I mean, they are... They play the lights out offensively, but their defense is so bad that if they're just a little bit off, if they're just a, a tad bit behind offensively or the TCU defense is getting to them, maybe this is where it bites them in the ass. I just I don't think TCU has it the firepower to do. Like, I just don't see it. It's a tug-of-war match. It's just it's really hard, but I just I don't think this is the spot where that defense comes you know into play. Sucks but it here? So MSU played Gonzaga, right? And we... we... We're in that game because Joey Hauser hit so many threes because Gonzaga is what? 
terrible at guarding the three point line. Yep. I mean, they're terrible on defense. I just in general, period, but especially but really there, terrible yeah. <laughs> at the three point line. TCU does not have the firepower to exploit that weakness. Yep, and that and that's what I think is the difference maker there. Which makes it tough. I'm still picking TCU. All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, we're going to have some differences. We're going to have some differences. I don't hate it. Um, I don't think we're going to have a difference in this next one. UConn, VCU. Yeah, no, UConn takes that. UConn's taking it. And we're going to get into UConn in the next round with Kansas because I also think we're on the same page. Kansas beats Arkansas. Arkansas is yeah. great, but Kansas is just on another level. They are so good right now. That heavy it's a heavyweight fight kansas versus uconn if we agree that's gonna be a heavyweight fight which we'll that dive is going into to be my favorite game of the, the that's gonna be my championship right there yeah I, i'm not giving away my championship but you we've been agreeing a lot <laughs> yeah, i'm just saying like that's my championship game. oh i got you that's yeah the game that i want to see the most is kansas versus uconn all right i i guess you're there um yeah, texas no, yeah, no. Texas, Texas A&M, or did you pick Penn State in this one, or did you go Texas A&M? I did pick Penn State, but I, I don't – it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters either. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Texas. I think it's a unique matchup. I think Xavier also beats Iowa State. Or I think – I mean, Iowa State. Yeah. I think stylistically, whoever they play, like, they're not good enough milking it up to really affect Xavier. I think Xavier takes advantage. I said Claude Edwards. I meant Desmond Claude. Um, the freshman guard who's been coming freshman, in. Yes, he's yeah. been so good. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I said. I think I said Edwards earlier. It's Desmond Claude. Um, but I, you know what I do, Michael Shrewsbury. I want to say Michael Parsons all the time because he <laughs> played for Penn State, yes. right? <laughs> um, I do think Xavier gets out of the first weekend. I, I, I folks, I'm, I'm putting away my Homer bias. If I was really Homer, I'd put Xavier in the final four, like Clark Kellogg did. But, and I would, I would end this podcast. Yep, but I removed yeah. it. I don't think we have that juice, but I, I am excited. I do think we make it to the second week of the tournament. I think we're just there. There's too many things you have to account for when playing Xavier that I just don't think Iowa State or Mississippi State or Pitt, either one of those three that comes out of that game, or Kennesaw State has it in them to break that Rubik's cube. Texas, different story, but I just I don't see them losing in the first weekend. So you talked me out of picking um, Miami here because I was picking Miami over Indiana here. That So this is my problem. The reason I didn't because I we watched Indiana, and this was way earlier in the season, play against Xavier. And the brand of basketball they play makes me very nervous for a team that is undersized at the guard position, which Miami is. Because Miami's really good, but being undersized against the brand of basketball, I saw at least earlier out of Indiana. Now, I did not follow Indiana closely for the rest of the season. But in that game... The way they defend and the way they can play offensively and the physicality they can bring to it makes me really nervous to pick a Miami team that I think is a little undersized and maybe just doesn't have that in them to kind of muscle it out. If Trace Jackson Davis has a great game, Indiana wins that game. But then that brings me to that other conundrum. Now, if Trace Jackson Davis has been hot, does Houston stand a chance against Indiana? No, and this is this is the part that I hate because I have Indiana winning yeah. that game too. Like I yeah, have Indiana yeah. beating Houston, and then I have Indiana in my Elite Eight, and I'm the like, eight. how did I get yeah. here? <laughs> Does Indiana deserve to be in the Elite Eight? That I, sounds I don't know, but awesome. people keep telling me they're a Final Four team, and I'm like, well, no, maybe my thing isn't wrong. as crazy. <laughs> that's wrong. If Indiana meets Texas, they get blown out. This is fair. This is also very fair, <laughs> yeah. I, which I have – I do have Texas. I guess we'll just finish this bracket. I have Texas making the final four. Yeah, I got Texas making the final four there too. 
That is an interesting matchup, though. Xavier versus Indiana for the the rematch. Oh, or you get yeah Xavier Indiana, and this is the thing with with Xavier potentially doing this. I think this is a good point too. Travis Steele ate a lot of shit when he was at Xavier, and rightfully so. But we owe Xavier or Travis Steele a huge thank you because one of the reasons Sean Miller has been so successful is the recruiting job and the talent Travis Steele mm-hmm. got to Xavier. Now he was not a good X's and O's coach, and for many reasons. But the talent is almost universally Travis Steele's talent that Sean Miller is winning with. Now, he unlocked that talent. But we would not be here without Travis Steele. So I just I want to give that point because Xavier fans have been extremely hard on Travis Steele. Rightfully so in some points. We missed the tournament for four years. You know, and Sean Miller unlocked that by um, bringing the money bags. Correct. Money bags and changing the (laughs) offense. And changing the offense and not being so stubborn about who plays and who doesn't play. The stubbornness of Travis Steele... I never understood. Oh it my god! Steel. It reminds me of Izzo. It was so bad. It was yeah, so I, bad. Also, you recruited these great players who have talent. Sometimes drop the X's and O's and let them play, which Sean Miller is really yes. Good at. And he's allowed the creativity to flow into this offense, and he's allowed the players to sort of have some input in this, and it's run really beautifully. And Sule Boom has been a huge revelation and has reinvigorated his career at Xavier. And that's what makes this Texas Xavier matchup, though, in the Sweet 16 so interesting, which I think we should talk about. I do have Texas winning this game because I just don't want too much of my Xavier bias. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Xavier makes the Elite Eight, which then makes it crazy because then you might have Indiana in the Final Four. But Xavier, Texas does so many things so well. Yeah, that's my... So my problem is future, right? I think Xavier versus Indiana is a bad matchup for Xavier. I don't disagree. And that's why like, I'm like, shit, then, then Indiana is in the Final Four. <laughs> yeah. But you have a team in Xavier that can do so many things, especially when it's a little bit well-rested offensively. It creates so many conundrums. And defensively, they've gotten just a little bit better. But the problem is, Texas is so good offensively. That, but that that makes it almost a heavyweight fight. Like, which offense is going to break first? Because I think, even though Texas has been very good defensively, they are they can be exposed from the three-point line. And one thing Xavier can do is they can get hot. And they don't have just one guy. They've got three to four guys. Jack Nungy, the seven-footer, can play away from the rim and play off-ball and hit threes. Like, there are so many guys that it just becomes one of those, like, if the shot falls, this is going to be really fun. I really understand that. I do. I hear it in your voice. Xavier is weak at the three-point line, too. And I think Texas can exploit that. Which, which I, it was why I have Texas winning that game. So, folks, I do have Texas beating Xavier, but I just I want to point attention to that game because that game, if you like offensive basketball, and that game happens, that game is going to be absolutely electric. That's going to be an automatic bet the over and call it a day and sit back with your popcorn and watch because I think offensively it'll be wild. But yeah, Texas will get the stops they need. I think that's where yeah. Xavier ends it. But it would just be super interesting matchup wise. If that, and that's the other thing too, like if Xavier pulls off that win, which is, it won't be an upset. It's three versus two. It won't be an upset. Xavier versus Indiana is craziness. a crazy game to like. And I think Indiana gets the better of us again. I mean, Xavier's been really bad in situations this season. We somehow have not learned this. If we have the ball to end the game, which we did in Indiana, we've had it a couple other games. We, for whatever, our brains just like shut off. And we just don't get a good look or a good shot opportunity. And so that's what happened in that Indiana game. I think if we see them again, and that was the benefit of having Cintas, which is one of the best home court advantages I was about to say, in all of college basketball. I don't think we win that rematch. 
but that would be interesting. And then you have Indiana in the Final Four, and I just, I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) Indiana in the Final Four makes my brain break, and I don't like it. And no. Nope. Yeah. Because something worse than a Tennessee, a good Tennessee basketball fan is Indiana oh being back God. on top in the basketball world, none of us will survive. Shout out my boss who's probably listening to this, who's an Indiana grad. I do not <laughs> I do not want to hear it. I do not want that satisfaction. I'm sorry. All they have to do is make it to the Final Four. They don't need to win a game. Yeah, no. All they have to do is make it, and, you and will, who, the Indiana fans will not shut up. Who's your basketball is back on the map. But yes. I have I have Texas winning this bracket. I love how we Houston. just blew right by Houston. Like, Houston's not beating Indiana. No, 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 no. Houston will not beat Indiana. No. Um, they beat Miami if Miami gets there, but I think yeah, they beat yeah. Miami if Miami. I don't think they beat Indiana. The caveat: if they do get uh, what you call it back, maybe they do beat Indiana. Yeah, maybe, but I even that maybe. I don't know. You're out of rhythm at that Indiana, point. That's when Indiana will show. Like, yeah, the Big Ten was weak, but the American or whatever you Houston plays in was weaker. Yeah. All right, so we got Texas in the Final Four from that bracket. Yeah. All right. Do you want to shoot back down? I was. You, just, we're on the same. Yeah. I'm just shoot right back down. All right. Where do we? Or Kansas, Yukon. Kansas, Yukon. Yes. Holy cow! Just why don't you set the scene? I've set the scene for a couple of these as to why this is one of the best college basketball games of the year. If we get it, this is like I said. This is my championship game here. This is the game that I want to see. This is the game that I will have popcorn for. We are talking about some of the best um, back court playing teams yep. you have seen in your life offensively both of these teams are in the top 10 um for offensive efficiency both of these teams will run up and down the court we got um we we have such a balance on both of these teams too right we have um sophomores and freshmen both contributing it this is a matchup here where you're going to be looking at kind of carbon copies of a team and the differences being their coaches. Yeah, very much and so. And Kansas is your defending champions. Jalen Wilson is uh, just phenomenal. Um, I know Grady is, um, he has come down to earth a little bit, but sometimes all you need is to be in a tournament to show out. Um, and he's still averaging 14 points a game. And on the other side, we got... Um, uh, Sonogo, right? Yep. I always mispronounce his name. It is Sonogo. I was waiting. Yes. I was hoping you were going to say it because I'm about to tee up his side of things. And I was like, I hope he says it because I always mispronounce it on the first yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, Kelligan and, and um, my, again, one of my favorite players in NCAA, Jordan Hawkins, Dude. who is, I think, is that. Just a bucket getter when you need a bucket getter. Yes. You got Alex Carbone oh. who can step out on the three. And the craziest thing is you got um, Sonogo. He comes off, and then you switch him in with uh, Killigan, who's seven two, and it's yes. like, what the hell? Where did this guy come from? And you just can rotate yeah. these guys think, in and out. I think that's going to be an issue for Grady, right? Yes, very that much so. Up there, and in the way that, and I cannot stress this enough: the way that UConn offensively rebounds, it, it's why they are so dangerous. There's second chance opportunities. It's number one in the NCAA offensive rebounding. And the way they follow their shots, it's why I said earlier, it just comes down to Newton getting good production out of Newton. Making, and he's not a like, super turnover pro or whatever, but just making sure he continues to be the point guard he's been and he continues to elevate his game. As long as you're getting good point guard play, I have a really hard time seeing how UConn loses this game. 
Yeah. I but I also think it's front- such a heavy Nate walk or, or a heavyweight mm-hmm. knockout type of fight that Kansas can get it's such a good game. Oh. It's a really good game. I think the difference here is I think both backcourts phenomenal. Like I said, are a carbon copy of each other. I think you can move all four of those players or all the guards around to either team and you wouldn't see a difference in record or anything. Yep. I think UConn's backcourt is phenomenally better than Kansas's back. I agree or, I'm sorry, that. UConn's front court yep. is better than Kansas's front I agree court. with that. And that's why I was like, as long as that production level stays or continues to elevate like it has been towards the end of the season, like they are at UConn's peak, I think they're the best team in the, in the country. Yeah. It's just whether or not they can sustain that peak because we've seen them have really ebbs and flows to their season. Well, also, Bill Self, like Izzo, we, and we saw this last year, right? Or two years ago, right? Yep. Um, where Izzo outcoached Hurley, who had a better team than Izzo did, because Hurley got frustrated, right? And Izzo picked up on that. Bill Self could do the same thing. It, it's sort of almost their Achilles heel because I... I got to imagine when you have a coach like that who's just losing their ever-loving minds, that when you're in really stressful situations, it pays to almost be like cool, calm, and collected. Mm -hmm. And I I do almost wonder, it's a good point you bring up there, because I I do, in the back of my head, I am slightly worried about the Dan Hurley effect or him getting a technical at the wrong time because he is technical support. Which is what happened. Yeah. And he's had it a handful of times in Big East matchups this year. That could be the difference maker. I have you come winning this game. That was the other thing. Yeah, it's oh man, that's what makes <laughs> so, it hard. Like Bill Self, Bill Self has an opportunity to go down as one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever. Absolutely, he is by far the better coach. Which is interesting now that you say that because like, I give I I think you're right. Backcourts carbon copies virtually the same. Front court UConn, coaching edge Kansas. Kansas, yeah, makes it but super fun. <laughs> Is a lot. Yeah, it really is. And they're all shot getters. They can all create their own shots. They all come off the ball well. It's, it's And this is where I think youth is gonna hurt Kansas a little bit. I agree. But then that's yeah. that Dan Hurley, like, even though there's more experience, it's like, is he getting his guys too riled up and out of the moment? I've got UConn winning this game. Yeah, I got UConn winning. I but I think it's super fun down here. And I don't think that is not a blemish on Bill Self. That's not a blemish on Kansas's season this year. That's not a blemish on Jalen Wilson, on Grady Dick. That's not, I just think UConn has a better front court. And that's I it. I agree. I agree. That's it. And and he's as easily as I'm sitting here telling you that can UConn will win this game. If Kansas wins that game and my bracket is messed up, I won't be upset. Yep. I, I and then I think the winner of that game goes on to the final four. Because I, I think UCLA really? beats I think UCLA beats Gonzaga because it's that argument of their defense eventually has to hurt them. And while I don't think UCLA necessarily has the offense to, you're not like, oh my God, you're overpowered by UCLA's offense. But the way they play defense, I think, makes you or Gonzaga's offense trip just enough that they kind of get caught by a, a team that is just incredibly disciplined. They just, they make every opportunity, both defensively and offensively, count. And I, I think that is where their defense comes to bite them in the ass. So here's why I think UCLA beats Connecticut. Turnovers. Ooh. Yeah, that, that's possible. I think that you got a veteran. You, I mean, they got Campbell. You got Singleton. I think you got that veteran squad there turning Connecticut over, getting into Dan Hurley's head. I think UCLA 
shoots the lights out against UConn and cruises to the Final Four. That's how my first bracket had UCLA in 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 the Final Four. I now have UConn as the national championship because the way the rest of my bracket breaks down. But <laughs> God damn it! I might switch this now because that you're not wrong. That made a lot of sense. Yeah, those bet like you got bets at UCLA. Yeah, you're right. All right, God damn, that has a huge ripple effect. You know what? No, you're right. I'm rolling with UCLA. I'm gonna be really mad <laughs> yeah, if UConn wins this UCLA. whole thing because I I def I had them picked, but no, you're right. I could see that, and that's where the Newton thing comes into play. And like, mm-hmm. oh, all right. Yeah, I think the same arguments that we were making for Kansas, yeah, flip, yeah, for no, UCLA. you're right. Yeah, and this is why this is why you you got the promotion to senior basketball analyst. Yeah. All right, all that's, right, that's exactly right. All right, now so- we've said this and watch fucking Kansas just stroll to the <laughs> Kansas just wins the whole thing with like this not even missing a big back to back national champions <laughs> Grady Dick goes off and is like the best player in the entire tournament in like oh Jalen Wilson just yeah drops 30 every game oh my god <laughs> you're right all right so we got UCLA um yeah. let's talk about the east and what's giving me fit god we have yeah, so much more to break down can guys we talk about this Michigan is State Marquette. Yeah, this is a long podcast, so I just I, I'm going to tell you. But God, we're we're getting into the basketball really well here. Michigan yes. Marquette, break it down for Michigan me State. because or Michigan yeah. State. Sorry, Michigan State Marquette because this is a game that oh, it, like it's a oh. launching point for Marquette if they can get through it. But I, 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 I'm having a hard time. Talk to me here. The Marcus or Marcus Smart, Shock Smart. This is. If he beats Izzo, he solidifies himself. He's like, yes, I've beat a, a elder statesman in the basketball world. One of the greatest coaches now, of all time. <laughs> one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, uh, the man is an institution. Yeah, right, literally. <laughs> literally. 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 Yeah. He said it. I am not during during the, you know, when he had to get a speech during the tragedies um, that struck our campus this year. Um, he said it. And he's not wrong. Can Mark, Ken Shaka Smart exploit Michigan State's inability to score in bunches. That is what this game comes down to because Izzo knows just the like against, I don't, here's the thing. I think the same game plan you play against USC is the same one you implore against Marquette because Marquette cannot uh, rebound the ball and does not defend well from the three, which means if Joey Hauser and um, Tyson Walker shoot lights out from the three-point line, this game is over before it begins for Marquette. With that said, I picked Marquette to win this game. <laughs> I did as well. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go crazy there. Um, I yep. do have Marquette. It's a long, it's a springboard um, yeah. for them, and, and it's why I, I get why a lot of people. I hate the East. I hate the East. I know this is going to be the bracket that eats me alive. Um, is the East bracket? But I'm with you because I just. Well, I get all those points. I just, I don't know. I don't think Michigan State has enough in the tank, but I don't know enough. So the fact that you're kind of reinforcing my, like, I think Marquette just, just gets past him just barely, but similar strategy. Yeah, I think if this game comes down, ladies and gentlemen, if this game comes down to the wire, Marquette wins. The only chance yes. that Michigan State has to win this game is a, is a if we're up 10 with four minutes to go. Yep. Four Which, or five minutes to go. Then I That's think, it. In my opinion, sets up for a Kansas State Marquette game because I don't think Kentucky gets past. No, Kansas Kentucky State has no chance against Kansas State. Nope, I agree. No. I agree. I think Kentucky gets out of the first round. I, I think you may have said Providence. I, I'm going to go Kentucky. In that no, no, one. I said Kentucky. Oh, you did. Okay, cool, cool. Some of this I don't remember all of our differences. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> I got Kansas State here going up against Marquette, 
which is a conundrum for me. But this is where I think Kansas State is able to do what Michigan State isn't able to do, and they're able to put together a complete offensive game against Marquette, as well as give Marquette enough fits to make them trip defensively because of the way they play and the way they attack you and their aggressiveness that ends Marquette's March Madness run. Yeah, I think uh, Marquette, the defensive shortcomings of Marquette get exploited this game by a very good Kansas State team. Um, I think Kansas State comes in there after beating a good – no, not a good Kentucky team, a middling Kentucky team, but beating the brand, right? They beat the name yep. on the, the chest. I think that helps a lot, and I, I think Marquette gets through that. Yep. And I mean, then, I'm sorry, I think Kansas State gets through that. All right, so we got the same uh, Elite Eight represented from this side. Now comes the, like, I chose Duke because I went VCU and not Oral Roberts versus Tennessee, and this is yeah. the problem because now Duke is starting to become a springboard, and I do have them beating Tennessee because I'm out on Tennessee. I can't do it. And I have them springboarding yeah. here. To the so second here return. I have Tennessee beating Oral Roberts and then Tennessee versus Memphis. Oh, this gets us to the Purdue-Memphis game, which is where my my bracket buster comes into play potentially. Yeah. Um, I think Purdue uh, messes the bed here and Memphis gets it done. See, here's – I agree. And this is why the East is such a problem because in my head, I know Purdue is not a Final Four team. But if they get through this game, I have a hard time making a case for them not oh, making a Final Four. Either Duke or Tennessee, I think. Yeah, which then yeah. becomes Kansas State versus Purdue, and then I still don't know if they have enough Kansas State. No. And then Purdue's in the Final Four, and I'm like, I just got done saying Purdue is not a Final <laughs> Four team, but it's because of this Memphis game, which I think they they eke out. But that also goes against what I was saying that. Pa- Penny Hardaway has figured out what he needs to do coaching wise. He's much more flexible. Penny He's Hardaway got it. Out coaches Brad Painter in that game, in my opinion. Okay, so I we're on the same page because I'm nervous. Like yeah. he's going to press him too late, or he's just not going to adjust because it's Memphis well, is, is going to have to adjust. What is there to press though? No, I think if they do press, that gives Purdue Purdue fits. the advantage, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm like, hold on. What, what are we? Correct, saying? but I'm nervous about that yeah. dynamic and things like that. But I. After watching that conference championship game, I think that dynamic almost gets thrown out of the window and our viewers are going to be like, holy shit, Nate, make up your mind. Yeah, I think my feelings are more strong towards Purdue is not a Final Four team. They're going to piss down their legs, leads them to losing this game. Because I just then I have a hard time seeing them not make the Final Four. Penny, if you're listening to this, do not press against Purdue or you're going to <laughs> yeah. be down 20 points. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Just sit back. You know, Penny, Penny played basketball at the highest levels. Correct. He is now getting into coaching. There's at least an assistant on Memphis that says, <laughs> Don't press against Purdue. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page there. So then now I've got. I've got Memphis versus Kansas State, and I'm taking Kansas State out of there. I don't hate that, which is how my bracket would then break down because I got Duke versus Memphis, and I think even though Duke's getting hot at the right moment, I think Memphis continues to roll off a big Purdue win. You got Memphis versus Kansas State. I'm with you. I'm also going Kansas State out of this. Cool. Yeah, I think Penny's Cinderella story stops there. All righty. This South bracket. Yeah. Missouri, Arizona. Alabama. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, Alabama, West Virginia. I think Alabama – Blows through that game. Alabama yeah. is so good. I don't think they really. I'm having a hard case rooting or finding ways Alabama loses, which we can dive into more there too. But 
No, I don't think so. Like, I got I, Alabama, I versus, Alabama State. versus San Diego State. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm there there as well. And I think yeah. Alabama, once again, they're just too good at everything. They don't really run into a problem there. Okay, so now let's talk real games. <laughs> this is the State Baylor. Uh, wait, which one? Oh, you got NC State. You, I got Creighton. I got NC State. You got Creighton Baylor. Okay, so Creighton Baylor. Who are you taking? I take Creighton. I think Baylor. <sighs> I think Baylor's just a little too pretty boy basketball right now for what Creighton will bring to the table. And this is where Doug gets into his bag and just out out coaches this Baylor team because also Baylor doesn't play good enough defense, which is like a real problem going against this Creighton team that schemes. Like, this is where the scheming comes in and the way that Greg Dermott has been able to identify weaknesses and really attack them. And I just, I think, I think Creighton just, like, sort of tears them apart offensively and they have enough defensive juice to kind of shove it to pretty boy offense in Baylor. <laughs> NC State plays in-your-chest defense and in-your-chest offense. Meaning, if you don't know what this means, their guards are attacking you and vice versa. When they're on the defense, those guards are attacking you like they have the ball. They don't turn the ball over. They play scrappy. They're undersized, but I don't think that's the issue. And like you said, Baylor doesn't like to get dirty. Yep. And that's why I think whoever you picked here, either if it was I don't hate it. or NC State, I think Baylor loses here. I agree. I think ba the, the key takeaway is this is where Baylor ends. I think no matter who wins that Creighton-NC State game, both those teams present a matchup and stylistic problem for Baylor. Yeah. Um, I don't—Utah State or Missouri, I, I don't care. Arizona yeah. is too much for— I agree. Yeah. Does— which gets me to Arizona in the Elite Eight. Like, I do think they beat NC State or Creighton. I do, too. Here's the now problem. Bama versus Zona. Arizona gives me major, we're going to bounce the ball off our foot in the final moments type of vibe. Or call Ooh. a timeout when we don't need it. Or slip on the baseline. Like, they give me major moments too big, we mess up vibes. I don't know if anybody else is feeling that, but that I am feeling from Arizona this year. I, and I, I can't fully put my foot on it, but I just I feel like they're a great story. Lloyd's done a great job after Sean Miller. I just feel like they're going to run into an Alabama buzzsaw that's more disciplined, which is a crazy thing to say given what's going on in so, Alabama. <laughs> Wildcats are top ten in tempo, and what did we talk about? Alabama's uh, shortcomings was a slow start in the beginning of the game. Yep. I think that Arizona out rebounds and outshoots Bama in the first half, and it's too much of a deficit. And Arizona gets the win here. I don't. All right, so this is where our big difference is going to come because people are going to if if this matchup happens, it's either going to be Arizona blows the barn doors off early, which allows them to win this, or they don't give a big enough lead. It's a very close game, and they do something really stupid at the end of the game in the so, second I, half. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. I, I like very that. much I like that. that. Yeah, because I don't. I think I think the opposite where it'll be they're going to be winning the first half, but I don't think it'll be by far enough. And then they're going to do something really stupid in the second half, and Nate Oates is going to eat their lunch. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't I don't. Which unfortunately is how I have Alabama in the national championship game. Yeah, against so, a Texas because I do have that's how I that's how I broke it down. But yeah, I got Kansas State against Texas. Ooh, I don't hate that because once again. 
I really love Kansas State. I I, I don't hate I'm it. I'm picking them now, like technically, like pure see your best college basketball analyst, Arizona should win that game handily. Yes. But I think the storyline is too good, and that's why I'm picking Kansas yeah, State. Yeah, and they're just they're so feisty. They're just I'm picking Texas because while they're not at home, they might as well be. <laughs> Very true. Well I mean, be. they might as well be. And this is a Texas team, especially offensively, when you look at their shot chart make, there's not like a lot of teams favor one area or one side. They score from everywhere and they can yep. do it well enough. And defensively, they're good enough. Like I think they're a top five defensive efficiency team right now. Like they're just they're so good. They're so well balanced. And it's crazy because they lost their coach. <laughs> You're right. And we got two feel good stories. You got Kansas State, who no one was like, they're going to be great in the Big 12. I think we knew that they were going to be okay, but that they were going to be great. Uh, and they're playing with this chip on their shoulder. Like this Kansas State reminds me of a, like a quintessential Izzo team, right? Mm. And then you got Texas, who lost their coach and, you know, had some tough games and then it not even bounced back, kind of just didn't skip a beat. I think that's a great feel-good story. I don't know if we're announcing our national champion here. Might as well go for it. I'm going to take Texas because of home court advantage. I know they're not at home, but they might as well. Screw it. I'll go. Te- I can't pick Alabama to win this bad boy. I'm not doing it. We're going Texas. I guess we're just Longhorns fans on this show going forward. So there we go. <laughs> Texas as your national champions, oh. ladies and gentlemen. God, man. Um, man. I had UConn when this podcast started, but <laughs> I've somehow ended up with Texas. And I hate the East Bracket. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ooh. Not that I hate it. I just, that feels right for chaos. All right. I'll I'll send my bracket to um, Nate here and he'll yes. post it. We'll post it. Um, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll post it. Now, this, these are the Trophy Kids bracket. Yes. Nate and I will probably go back and rework our bracket. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I will also, I think it's fair to the listener, if we make a yeah. change, I will post that change on yes. the Trophy Kids social. So you got to follow at Trophy Kids Pod, Instagram, Twitter, hell, TikTok. I'll throw up on TikTok if you want, um, YouTube, everywhere. If we make a change, we'll throw it up. But I will post the final brackets on Wednesday night because this is coming out Wednesday morning. Um, and we'll go from there. I like it. I like it. All right. That was a good show. Anything else before we uh, wrap this up? No, man. I'm, I'm hoping for a historic run for Michigan State. I hope I hope I'm wrong about everything. I hope they beat Marquette. I hope Xavier, uh, oh, you know, gets to the Elite Eight, um, beats Texas. Uh, but I also have to go with things that make sense. I think for everybody's sake, including my cousin's wedding, we need Xavier to win their opening game on Friday. Otherwise, Nate Just might storming out of the way. <laughs> Nate might be a sad boy in the co- corner the entire night, and it's St. Patrick's Day. You cannot mess me up, Xavier. I swear to God, Kennesaw State. If you beat Xavier on St. Patrick's Day on my cousin's wedding, Nate Cook's never going to forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I've never forget. I Middle Tennessee State is the worst school ever to be uttered in the existence that's how you will feel about Kennesaw State <laughs> exactly oh I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pissed I'm already gonna tell Mike and Jill I'm sorry if Xavier drops that game at 1240 on Friday it's not my fault that I'm set I'm depressed <laughs> the amount of middle Tennessee State like paraphernalia I see around Chicago is disturbing <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many good. people went to that school 
two, and they somehow all ended up in Chicago. They all ended up in Chicago. <laughs> I oh, giddy pots nightmares. Oh my god, yeah, that's I don't need that. We're back for the first time in four years. We've got a, I think, Sweet Sixteen, legit Sweet Sixteen, maybe Elite Eight. Hope, but we'll see. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? No, sir. I guess go Longhorns, which I've never thought I would say. God, neither did I, especially with Chris Beard going down. But I mean, oh, you talk about you talked about your boss went to Indiana. It's so funny. My boss went to USC. There, there we go. It's it's yeah. it's just showing up for a showdown here in the offices. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, Paul. I, I cannot have Paul's Indiana Xavier Indiana showing up in the Elite Eight for a trip to the Final Four in Indiana, winning that game. That oh, that's wow. how my night my, my life turns into a living hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you thought if you thought Michigan fans were just obnoxious, wait till you have a good Indiana. Yeah, yeah he's been very humble about his Indiana experience. So yeah, that yeah, I've been I mean, at least had, good. Yeah. The Hoosiers have had to be humble for like what the last five, six yeah. years? But their program maybe it's finally turning another program. Marquette, I'll say that. Indiana would be great if they could get back to to being really good prominent basketball teams. Um I think that would be really good for the health of the sport. We talk about that you all with it, football and like teams that need to get good. But Indiana did that um that I'm glad that they did um, that other teams have to learn um, when you drop bags secretly, <laughs> but get no, rid of also coaches. Let Mike Woodson do what he does. Like Indiana has had some bad seasons yeah. under Woodson, but still allowing him to coach and get his. Um, That's not untrue. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of teams would have like put them on a hot seat or you know what have you. And Indiana didn't do that, and so um, and they haven't thrown any chairs. Mike Woodson doesn't seem like he's going to throw a chair anytime yeah, soon. Hasn't choked out a player. Choked, <laughs> yeah, um, use racial slurs. None yeah, of that. None of that. So, <laughs> hasn't been cool as a cucumber, and then all of a sudden just break into a hard right direction. Like, oh my god, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I think I think Mike Woodson has done a phenomenal job there. I think uh, I Michael with that. has done a good job. I, I, I think um, the coaches in the Big Ten, despite the record, have done a, a good job. I agree. I don't disagree. Yeah. Um, all right. That'll do it for us. Is go Longhorns, I guess. Uh, yeah, might... I guess go Longhorns. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go back and forth. You talked about a UConn, but I'm sure like tonight or yeah, tomorrow. You'll probably change that. I'm going to change it right back because they were my national championship. But like... God damn it, your points were so good. It's like, yeah, I could see that. Because that's what I, I'd been leading up to that moment. I, I Basically, it's that picture of Dwayne Wade. Like, I'm lobbing you the ball and you're LeBron. Because I was <laughs> setting it up with, like, Newton's got to play really well. They just got to play really well. well and I, I've been hate watching UCLA all year. <laughs> <laughs> like, staying up and yeah. watching them. And so there's also that danger that I've seen a lot of UCLA basketball. I, one of us has got to be well. I, neither one of them could make it, I guess. Technically, I mean, <laughs> technically, neither one of them could make it. But because I mean, oh. Gonzaga, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. Like I said, Kansas could beat U- UConn, but I got him breaking that way. Gonzaga, I guess, could beat UCLA. I just, I do think UCLA. Just we talked about it. People know, but oh, yeah, yeah. Listen to the episode. Yeah, yeah. listen to the episode. This is the problem with years where there's too much parody. It, it, there's just too much parody. I need a couple more just like dominant teams that I can count. Yeah, on. there's. No- like Alabama, 
presumably a dominant team, but even I have them losing against Arizona. Houston, like you pointed out, not a dominant team. No. Kansas, again, dominant team. But when we're talking about UConn being in their bracket, this is why I'm saying that Kansas got shafted. They yeah. should not be in a bracket with UConn. They, no, they should not be in this bracket with UConn, UCLA, and Gonzaga. Those, yeah. those top four. This is four. where Houston should be. Correct. Yeah, this or is Purdue. Or Purdue. <laughs> yeah, like this is incredible. Like this, that's a tough bracket. That might be the toughest bracket there is. That is. That has to yeah. be the toughest. The West is def. Yeah, the West is the toughest. I'm looking at it because you got TCU. Like Gonzaga's got to get through TCU. That's a tough matchup. UConn's nah, VCU's not really a tough matchup. But like Arkansas, Illinois is a good game. But then Kansas has got to beat Arkansas. Not a cakewalk. And then you got UConn. And then you got UCLA or Gonzaga potentially, or I guess TCU. Like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter who wins there. TCU, Gonzaga, UCLA, even, hell, even Northwestern. Yeah, they're all, it's cutthroat. That division, yeah, that is a, oh, man. And the, then you got fucking Purdue over here with Oral Roberts. <laughs> Tennessee, Duke. Tennessee. Like, Marquette, I, yeah, I guess a, not Marquette. even a strong two. Yeah, like. <laughs> like, come on. Like, you could potentially watch Michigan State versus Purdue in the elite. Like, come on. What are we doing? Oh, it's so true. Yeah. That's <laughs> such a bad. I hate. I, I despise the East. That East makes me want to vomit. Talk about it. That is a that is a parody bracket I've ever seen one where everybody's just like, fine. This is all like <laughs> middling teams besides Purdue, right? Yeah. All, yeah. but they all have upside where you're like, yeah, if they played their game, like they could yeah, easily right. win it. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I hate that bracket. I hate the bracket in the East. Right. You got Michigan State who was milk toast all year. You got <laughs> Kentucky who had an up and down year, right? You got Kansas State who had a solid year. So let me not take anything. Yeah. Which we've been very high. I mean, hell, they're in our final yes. fours. They're in our final four. <laughs> right. But there's a reason Kansas State is going to the final four out of that bracket. Correct. Watch it all. And you got a Watch team whose upwards tra trajectory started what like three or four weeks ago, right? Yeah. Watch fucking so. Montana State and all the fans that have become fans of them through like Yellowstone and moving to Bozeman somehow beat Kansas State, and then our whole thing oh, just lighted God. on fire. I will, honestly wouldn't be surprised. Like I don't know who's coming out of this, but it's gonna be. Oh, I, I picked Kansas State, but it's gonna be absolute yeah. chaos. Yeah, chaos in the East, and then the West is. Yeah, the West is like. Cut look at all those name brand teams in the West. Yeah. First and foremost. Name brand and also living up to their brands this year for the most yes, part. Like that's the, the problem. It's not just Kansas, the name on the front UCLA, of the LA, Gonzaga. Arkansas, a team that's been Arkansas. to back to back Elite Eights and is still like not not as good as those teams, but like still a tough out. Like they're a tough out. <laughs> I to be honest, I want to take all three of these premier or all four of these premier teams, five of these premier teams and put them elsewhere. And <laughs> teams on that spread it out <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Spread it out. Cause yeah, you put too much over here. This isn't fair. It, this isn't fair to UCLA either. No, I, I agree. Or UConn for that matter. Look, if you take UConn and put them up there with Bama. Oh man. Which is hilarious too, because like we're essentially making the argument that iron sharpens iron, yet we have the winner of this bracket losing to Texas in that game. Yes. Yeah, that is. But because you're going to be battle tested and fatigued. Correct. Very true. They're going to be beat up and tired, and you're running into a Texas team that seemingly does no wrong right now, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, that Texas Indiana matchup potentially is can take a lot out too. And I know the game isn't right the next week, but still. Right. Um, 
Yeah. Again, Bama, like you said, besides Arizona, they gave Bama kind of a cakewalk. Yeah. I I agree. Um, A very easy And they tried to give. Which makes sense. They are the number one overall seed. Yeah. And like you said, they tried to give Houston. Okay, makes no sense. That's narrative driven. That's that can put your conspiracy tinfoil hat on. Jim Nance, last final four. Houston's a one seed. He went to Houston. Final four is in Houston. That's what they tried to do there. (laughs) And then Purdue, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Purdue's gonna piss down their leg. Do not then again, we also made the case if they beat Memphis, it's it's hard to put them down. But my yeah, God. if they beat Memphis, it's hard think, to put them down. It's hard. That's a springboard yeah. to the Final Four, I think. That's a jet fuel, but because yeah. I don't they know if them. I don't think Kansas State can put them down. But do not press. <laughs> don't press. Just, Just play your press. game. Just play your game. Don't overthink. Your, it. And I, like you said, pressing is their game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll All see. Right. All right. That was a long one, but a good one. I think that was a very good podcast. Hopefully, you all enjoyed we it. We got two hours worth. We went through everything. So when we're doing the pitching, all right, we went through every every matchup. Every matchup, yeah. And you know what? We'll be back to break down. Maybe we'll be back next week or the week after that to really break some of this stuff down. Because, oh, man, it's it's going to be a fun first weekend. I am excited. There yeah. are there are some good matchups that could happen. Like I said, that Missouri-Arizona game, if that happens on that second weekend, fireworks. Fireworks. And- my work productivity definitely does not suffer during this time. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no. Every- I actually, I, I perform better. Yeah, the not yeah. a souls in the office, but don't worry. The same level of work is getting done whether you were remote or not before this. It, the more. same. Yeah, more. more. Yeah, more. <laughs> more. Oh, all right, everybody. That'll do it for us this week. As always, <laughs> peace. Peace. Nice.